Liam Neeson plays another steely character in another R-rated thriller. Today I'm talking about The Marksman. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. And today I am talking about the movie The Marksman. And as I'll get into, The Marksman kind of follows the general gist of a lot of other movies and a general gist and general gist of a lot of Liam Neeson movies. So uh, I thought this one was okay. And it's like, it's watchable. It has some interesting elements to it. But uh, overall, it's just kind of there. And I'll get into why. So without any further ado, let's get started. I think it's fair to say that a lot of Liam Neeson's movies are on autopilot. That's not to say Neeson isn't trying or that the movies are derivative, but there is a formula he's leaning into. Let's do an R-rated action thriller. Neeson is going to play a hardened man with a rough past who goes into unexpected trouble and has to work his way out of it. At most, the title should be two to three words and include the word the if possible, like the commuter or the ice road, and today's movie, The Marksman. Neeson plays Jim Hansen, a rancher and retired marine sniper who is having a rough go. His wife recently passed and his cattle aren't going to bring in the money he needs to keep his property from the bank. But during a daily patrol near the U.S.-Mexico border, Hansen gets a chance to start things over with when a dying mother begs him to take her son Miguel to Chicago for the money in her possession. Though initially hesitant to help, Jim's sympathy and fear for the boy's safety takes over, and the two begin a dangerous trek north with vicious cartel members on their trail. So the marksman is fine. It's not great, but it's put together well enough for a watch-through. It reeks of basic cable viewing on a rainy Saturday. Despite that, though, there's a few things that stand out. First is Jim Hansen, the lead character. So I can see why Neeson took this role. When we first meet Jim, he's a bit of a mess. He seems like a good guy. For instance, he assists a man who was injured during his border crossing. But he's also stubborn and doesn't think twice about calling Border Patrol. He's the best version of this left-behind white American that I've seen. He has flaws, but he also has empathy, which slowly but surely becomes his guiding principle. He can't ignore whatever's going to happen to Miguel and declines ownership of him until he realizes exactly what Miguel would face when he goes home and how the system won't help him. He's okay to drown his sorrows in the bottle until he also realizes it's a liability for himself and his charge. Granted, this all leads to a problem I'm building to, but this is still a better arc than I expected. I also like that they established right away that he was a sniper, which makes his competence in shootouts and fights a lot more make a lot more sense. It's a little detail, but it makes a difference. But its best ideas are underdeveloped. The Marksman plays with a couple of interesting ideas that I think would have made this movie better if they had more screen time. For instance, over halfway through the movie, we're introduced to a religious conflict between Miguel and Jim. Jim is clearly an atheist after a hard life, and Miguel needs the comforts of religion to get over the grief of losing his mom. In a better script, we'd see this introduced earlier, so Miguel and Jim could discuss it more. It would make a payoff later in the movie hit much harder. Likewise, the film hands the audience a perfect backstory for the lead bad guy at the climax. I'm not spoiling anything, but this exchange does happen towards the end, so you've been warned. In this scene, our main villain threatens to take Miguel back to Mexico and make him a cartel soldier. 
and Jim counters by saying Miguel deserves to make his own choices, to which the cartel soldier says, what makes you think I had a choice? Which again, if we had any hint of this before, could hit like a sack of bricks and make this showdown a bit tragic. We're seeing a vision of what Miguel could become. Sadly, this is just flair for the final showdown. And now we gotta talk about the good and the bad of cliches. I'm worried of any movie that makes the cartel its bad guy. Unless you've got a similar, singular imagined crime boss, it's a lazy shorthand for too villainous for words. So it's already dicey that one of our leads is an undocumented immigrant being pursued by cartel soldiers who don't seem worried about getting through Border Patrol. But I think this movie does a great job of demonstrating why the systems we trust to keep us safe from something like the cartel aren't always the best thing to do so. For instance, Miguel's situation is presented as awful no matter which way you slice it. He was brought over the border by his mother and didn't have a choice in the matter. It's not his fault that a member of his family stole money from the cartel. But because the border patrol thinks he has family back in Mexico, they're going to send him back. Which Jim quickly realizes is a death sentence in one way or another. He even notes how Miguel can't even be guaranteed asylum in his situation. Likewise, almost every symbol of authority is shown as corruptible. Border Patrol members ignore obvious red flags, and local police are trying to help line their pockets with cartel money. Because these systems are run by humans, and humans can be corrupted. That is much better than I expected, and flips some of the expected cliches on their head. The bad end of the cliché is most of the movie, (laughs) because you've probably seen this movie before, or at least one a lot like it. It's, it's called Logan. It's, it's Logan. At once I had that thought, I w- was able to predict almost every element of the film. The only main difference is that Jim doesn't want to corrupt the young Miguel, but we do have almost the same beats, including the prolonged, I speak English you know, reveal. It isn't bad per se, but that combined with the underdeveloped other elements means the movie always feels like a rehash of better movies that had the weight of something like Hugh Jackman's established history with the character in Logan. So the verdict is, it's a stat- standard modern western. Traditional from the top to bottom, Liam Neeson does his best Clint Eastwood impression in a mixed bag of a movie. Five, ten, five out of ten. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World. Stay safe, everybody, and I'll catch you next time.